<laughs> I'm playing a video that is recorded in the tiny airport in the far north of Norway, above the Arctic Circle. And there, in the video, there's Patty, a woman in her mid-50s from Mississippi. And until this trip, had never been on a plane before. She's standing in the airport, waiting for her dad. A dad she's never met. A dad that lives in such a very remote place in Norway that it's taken her two days to travel there. She sees her dad and walks up to him. They swoop each other up in a huge embrace. Sorry about the audio. Both of their mics were buried under jackets and the strong embrace. At some point, Patty pauses, keeps her arms around him, but pulls her head back so she can see his face. And she looks up, she smiles, and then cries and gently puts their foreheads together. Love you. I love you. <laughs> it's so unbelievably touching. A father and daughter who never even knew each other existed until recently. But the story of how this happened is even more touching. How three complete strangers and a major corporation came together to help these two find each other. What can we do now? What can we do now? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Meet my brother. Hello. Today on Missing Pieces, MPE Life. I'm your host, Don Anderson. This is Season 3, Episode 2, Norwegian Girl. You know, a lot of times in this MPE world, it, the emotion just catches you off guard. And I had that moment the other day. I was responding to another MPE's post on the private MPE groups on Facebook. And he was going to be traveling to the area where his new half-brothers lived. And he wanted to reach out to them and ask him a to have a visit, but he was just afraid of the reaction. So I shared with him what happened with me. And what happened with me was my sister Kim, one of my new sisters, invited me to her daughter's baby shower. They live in Bakersfield, which is like 90 miles north of here. So I said I would go and I wanted to go, but I was so nervous. My wife and I drove up. I was just so nervous and so apprehensive and just so scared of not belonging, scared of that I was imposing on this family that I didn't really belong. Just all this emotion, like, you know, that voice in your head, like, who do you think you are coming to this? That kind of thing. But I went. I ignored it and went. And what happened is when I got there, Kim rushed up to me and gave me a big hug and whispered in my ear, thank you so much for coming. I never have family at these things. So my response to the guy on Facebook is, go, take the risk. You never know. They may be waiting for you. My advice, I'm not a therapist, I'm not anything, except a guy with a microphone. But my advice is to take the risk. You never know. Kim was so happy I was there that day. I sat at her table. I was in all the pictures. It was amazing. 
So I know I got lucky with these new sisters of mine. I just want to acknowledge sometimes NPEs, adoptees, donor-conceived people do get rejected. And I just want to say I think that sucks. And I wish it wasn't so. Be that as it may, I think it's worth the risk. Hey everybody, did you know if you tested with another DNA company, you can actually broaden your chances of finding DNA matches by uploading your DNA to MyHeritage.com's database. To do this, simply go to MyHeritage.com forward slash DNA forward slash upload and upload your raw DNA to MyHeritage. After only two or three days, you'll receive an email that your DNA results are ready. Some features require you to for a one-time payment, but for a limited time, you can use coupon code missing pieces, all one word, to get a special discount. And they wrote it in all caps, so I don't know. We'll do it in all caps just in case. Missing pieces, all one word, to get a special discount. I think it's like $30 to access their database, a one-time payment. But with this coupon code, you can get it. I think it's $10 off or something like that. So, yeah, it's a great time to jump in and, and broaden your horizon, especially... And once you hear the rest of the story, you'll see why that could be important, if, especially if you're looking to find family in other parts of the world. Well, the person that's on my birth certificate, um, I've never met anyway. Um, my mom just put this person on my birth certificate because um, it was somebody that she, that she was with after she knew I was, that she was pregnant with me. So she put him on the birth certificate. I never knew who he was. I never, I've never searched for him at all because when my mom always told me when I got of age that I, um, that he was not really my dad, that another person from Norway was my dad. And so did she explain why that he was on your birth certificate or at that time? Well, no, see, for the first part of my life, um, so I was about 13 years old, my mom, uh, my mom used to work in a bar in New Orleans and the people that owned that bar, um, kind of took my mom in and I actually lived with them instead of with my mom. And I didn't really go to live with my mom until I was like 13. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a long story on that part. These people were, I called them grandma and grandpa. Um, they weren't the best in the world to say the least. Um, I was molested when I was little. Um, by this person, the man that I called grandpa, the one that did that, um, he had passed away, which did not affect me any because I could care less. Of course, I didn't even cry at the funeral, but, um, yeah, I didn't go to live with my mom until I was like 13 years old. And that's why I never really found out any information until about that age. 
Well, it was about like two years after that when I really got to asking about, you know, is this person really my dad or, you know, or, you know, I wanted, I wanted information, of course. And that's when she told me that he was from Norway. <laughs> the bad thing is, though, she, she didn't give me his, I don't know if she, what was going on, but she just, she wouldn't give me his name or anything like that. They met at the bar that my mom worked at, of course. Um, and, I mean, they was together for a while, of course, but, you know, they moved in together for about a month and then he had to, he had to leave and he never came back. Did you grow up an only sibling or only child? Not only sibling, sorry. <laughs> um, I have, uh, I had a brother, a younger brother. Um, he, he was killed in a car accident in 1992. Oh, sorry. Um, thank you. And I have a sister. She's still alive. I don't really talk to her or anything like that. Um, she has a, an addiction, and we really don't speak because I don't. I don't allow that around me. <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up with her? Yes, and my brother. Okay. So they went to those grandparents' house or after you went back to your mom's? After I went back to my mom's. Patty's mom passed away in June 2001. And with her brother's death in the 90s and her sister's addiction, suddenly she had no family at all. She slowly became obsessed with finding her dad. So after years of yearning, she finally decided to do something about it. I want to find my dad. I said, I don't know if... He might be passed away, you know, it's just, I need to know, you know, who he is. In 2017, she took the Ancestry DNA test, but most of the results turned out to be on her mom's side. It was just distant cousins and everything, and it, and it all was like U.S., and it was, I'm guessing, from my mom's side. So Patty's mom had told her that Patty's dad was a Norwegian sailor, but to be honest, Patty didn't know if she should believe her or not. But when the ancestry results came in, she was indeed 50% Norwegian. So mom wasn't lying. But the thing was, there was no Norwegians on ancestry. It was all Americans and all on her mom's side. Finally, someone told her that, you know, if it's true that your dad is Norwegian, maybe you should upload your raw DNA to MyHeritage since it's used by a lot of Europeans. So I don't know if you know this, but yeah, so MyHeritage has a lot of Europeans on there. And they allow you to upload your raw DNA. So you could take your DNA from Ancestry or 23andMe, download it, and then you upload it, your DNA, to see if you have any matches on there. And it went about a year after I had uploaded it on MyHeritage, and I got matches for, you know, Norway and stuff as cousins and stuff and you know I started reaching out to them and you know and they really didn't they really didn't know anything and it was it was like a dead end and then about a year after that I is when I hit uh, a close match for a first cousin in Norway I reached out on on my heritage on the messages um I didn't really, I didn't get any response. I don't know if 
they didn't go on there very much or whatever. But um, I found his name on Facebook. And I sent them this message and everything, you know, on Facebook Messenger. I was, like, just praying that he would respond. Um, he did respond about a couple of days after that. Um, we exchanged emails. We started emailing each other back and forth. Um, and he gave me, you know, the the history, you know, about, you know, with his not knowing who his dad was and that it could be either his mom's side or his dad's side. Wait, 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 wait. So, so back up a little bit. So he didn't know who his dad was either? No, he doesn't. He doesn't know who his dad is. So by this time, it's March 2021. So Patty has his first cousin match. But he doesn't know who his father is. I mean, it could be on his mom's side, but they're, Patty's just kind of lost and doesn't know what to do. But she knows this is a high match. And as we all know, if you're looking for a parent, a first cousin is a high, super high match. She didn't know how to move forward. So what she did, she reached out to a Facebook group that has search angels that volunteer to help people. Well, then I got this message from this lady called Cindy Overby, which is a uh, God sent. <laughs> she truly is. <laughs> because she just, she sent me a message and said, I usually don't reach out to a lot of people. He said, but something about your story just touched me. And, and she said, God just told me that I need to help you. I said, well, I appreciate it so much. <laughs> you know, you helping me. My name is Cindy Ormsby, and I live in Colorado. I really enjoy genealogy since retiring. And uh, today, I just enjoy time with my family. But my passion that I've learned that I love doing is genetic genealogy and, of course, traditional genealogy. Tell us about how you came across Patty for the first time. I'm pretty active on Facebook, and I ran, I ran across a large group that is a DNA group where you would find people searching for long lost family and also where there are what they call search angels. I happened to be on the page at the right day at the right time. She had uh, posted in March of 2021 that she, her story, and that she still had not had help. And what I keyed in on was Norway. When I saw Norway, I just knew this was for me. I was supposed to be looking on that day, and uh, and I knew I needed to help her. So I reached out, uh, and we started working on it. And what was her story? What did she post? What was she asking for? She knew that she had been told by her mother that her, her father on her birth certificate was not her dad. And she wasn't really sure if she believed it, I think is how she told it to me. And when she took her DNA test, she saw that she is 50% Norwegian. And so once she had taken that test, uh, that was really the beginning of where we could we could find him. And so uh, she just needed someone to help her. She had given me access to her uh, to be able to read her messages. She did not have the names correct. And, you know, she was basically just guessing. Well, we're able to take the guesswork out of it when we have genetic genealogy because we can look at her matches and and figure it all out. Right. 
And so she had already tested and she was showing that she was 50% Norwegian and there were some Norwegian relatives, correct? When she got her test results back in the beginning, she had a lot of matches that were very good, but she didn't have a close enough match. Luckily, later, she was able to get a first cousin match, and that really helped a lot. When we were able to look at her my heritage, then we had I had about a 14 super good triangulated matches. And that made a big difference because then 100% we can remove all doubt of who her dad is. And so that's where we started from. And we're not talking about an American match. We're talking about a match that's in Norway. And, and when I identified who he was, uh, I realized that we had to prove 100% who he was because we needed to get help to make contact with him. And I must say also, we don't normally do that. Uh, when a search angel is helping, we, it's the person, it's the DNA match that does the, the outreach. But in this particular case, that was not going to work. We're, you know, we had a father who is up in the northern part of Norway, above the Arctic Circle. And so the first thing I had to do was 100% prove that this was the father. We had, I had 14 triangulated matches ranging from <clears throat> a first cousin, first cousin two times removed, all the way down to the four, four, three, third and fourth cousins. So Cindy is Norwegian-American and she has traced her roots to Norway. And I think she's been there many times. She's always posting on Facebook of this cousin Norwegian, this cousin Norwegian. So that's what she's talking about in this next thing where she says she has a hundred relatives in Norway. Um, none of them would reach out to the person who she thought might be the dad. And I think a lot of that is because in Norway, as in other Scandinavian countries, it's just People don't talk to strangers. Uh, I've been there a couple times by myself. When I w- went to look for my family farm that they sold in 1850, then I found out I wasn't even Norwegian years later. But that's a whole other story. But people don't really talk to strangers, and they don't like talking about their personal business. Even though I had 100 relatives that I had met in Norway, nobody really wanted to help. But when I was... Uh, building out the tree to 100% prove, as I say, six we- six ways to Sunday, who is the biological father. <clears throat> there was one family tree that I kept running into, and that was Ellie Ellie's tree. I kept running into her tree on ancestry over and over and over again. And the tree was so wonderfully done that I was able to play- make placements of at least 10 DNA cousins. And the reason why I really went overboard on that is not only to prove it to myself 100% without any doubts at all that that is her biological father. I mean, I'm putting my name on that. I, I just had to be certain. But the beautiful part about Ellie's tree is I could literally reverse build the tree top down and make placements of all of those people so that I could get someone to believe me <laughs> that and trust and trust that this is the father. I mean, nobody wants to go knock on a door and say, hi, you fathered a baby <laughs> uh, and not be a hundred percent certain. And, uh, I was more sensitive being also Norwegian American. I was super sensitive of, uh, strangers just don't go knock on strangers door. 
So after I could not get any help, I was able to identify where he lived and I was not able to get any help from my relatives to make contact. I said, who can help me? And I thought, well, it has to be this Ellie girl. <laughs> so the first thing I, I always do is I, I send a message to Ancestry and say, hi, you know, I'm working on this tree. Your tree is fantastic and really helped me a lot. Uh, I do need a little help and I'm going to look for you on Facebook. Well, I'd already found her on Facebook and I was very lucky that Ellie and I had one common friend, uh, which was which was actually one cousin that I met in Norway in 2019. And luckily, I think because I had that one friend in common, uh, I was very blessed that Ellie uh, did pick up my, my, my friendship request. And we just started from there. She had seen my message on Ancestry, said, I'm going to look for you. And then she picked up the friend request. My name is Ellie Reinholtsen. Uh, I live in Oslo, Norway. So um, what happened is that I have a quite a large tree on Ancestry. Uh, and um, um, it was first Cindy who contacted me because she was working the area trying to find Patty's uh, dad. And she ran into my tree and she saw that I had many people from the area in my tree. So she contacted me and sh she said that uh, she had found a, a possible candidate for, for Patty's dad. And they had tried to contact him, but he didn't reply. So she asked if did I possibly have any sort of contacts or connections in the area. So at this point in the story, the man who they think is Patty's father is named Ole Frederick. And the Norwegians pronounce it a little differently than I do. I discovered that I had 10 friends in common with Ole Frederick. And I was thinking, I was looking through them and I was thinking who would be the best to make contact with him without being brushed off. And then I was thinking Halvard, because most people in the community, they know who he is. That's where we, we started. We had to figure out who would be basically Patty's A-team, because I couldn't do it. I'm not, and I don't speak Norwegian, and you can't do it over the phone. And we have to have a circle of trust, if you will. And uh, that's how the team formed. I have worked on other cases as well. And what can happen is that when you contact someone and ask them, could you be that person or would you be willing to test to get us closer? Sometimes people just say no. And so I wanted to find uh, a person who could work as a door opener. And so that's why I chose Halvard because he's sort of a local celebrity. Most people know who he is, so they won't hang up the phone if he calls. Why is he a celebrity? Well, not a celebrity, but he writes for the local newspaper. He writes for the historical society, and he's um, uh, he's uh, made a, a book with pictures of the different areas and the story. So he's sort of very involved in the history of the local community. The story started when. Ellie Reynoldson called me. Can you can you take a new new case? And uh, and I also wrote about this in the newspaper. I've had contact with her about 
historical topics uh, about uh, different uh, historical persons here um, and uh, then she called me and asked me do you know uh, a person and then she uh, told me Patty's father. We went a bit back and forth because he said he didn't know Ole Fredrik, even if they were Facebook friends, he didn't know him. So we were sort of doing a few discussions back and forth, but in the end he just said, what the heck, I'll call him. She asked me, can you ask him about one uh, one question? Have you been in New Orleans in February 1970? <laughs> um, I said, okay, maybe he will uh, ask me to go to a very warm place. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how a polite Norwegian man says, tell me to go to hell. Uh, But um, um, I said, uh, okay, I will stand it out. So I did. I called him. The next moment that was really exciting for all three of us, Patty, Ellie, and me, is we're waiting for Halvard to make contact. And I loved, I loved the little story and watching and watching the messages go back and forth when, when Halvard literally called, uh, he wanted to meet him in person, but uh, was able to catch him on the phone. And the, then he just picked up the phone and he called the uh, Fredrik and he said, were you by any chance in New Orleans in 1970, in February. And Ole asked, uh, yes, how did you know? So the moment we learned that uh, Halbert had called Ole Frederick and made contact, and the moment he had the answer, yes, I was in New Orleans in 1970, it was really exciting to almost... uh, not only the experience and the way Halvard talked about the responses and reading those responses was was a tremendous amount of fun for all of us. And and from that moment, we knew we had the right guy. And um, so Ulf said he was in the car, but he said, "I'll I'll call you back later." I think I was, but he was out in the car, and I lost the. I lost his telephone. He, uh, he, um, it's not. So what he's trying to say here is when the first time he talked to Ole Frederick, Ole was driving in the country in Norway, going out of town, you know, way up far north in the middle of nowhere. So he did say, yes, I was in New Orleans in 1970, but then his phone died because he was at a place that didn't have phone signal. It was bad covering where it was. So he said, uh, I need to talk with you. We have to meet and talk about this face-to-face. And we were really on pins and needles. And unfortunately, uh, he, uh, the, her birth father was going to be away for a while. And we had to almost wait, I think maybe five five days, for him to actually call back. We This is a normal process where we get worried that, well, what if we don't hear back? Because Oli was in such a remote location... His cell didn't work for days, and they just didn't know if he was going to respond or not. But then he did respond and asked Halvard to come over to his house to talk about it. 
I, I was thinking then because we chose the right guy to contact him, then he was open to talk about it. And when I've been working on uh, other cases, finding the person who can be the door opener is, is sometimes really difficult and sometimes I've made mistakes. And so Cindy started with picking me as her door opener and then I had to sort of continue to the next door opener. Det var en uh, Ole Fredrik Eide. He, um, uh, I went home to him and he um, showed me his old passport and he said, yes, I was in New Orleans in um, February 1970 and I um, stayed there for a month. I left my ship and I was waiting for a new ship uh, there for a month and I met a girl, uh, we were together, and she lived together with me. And uh, then I left, he said. And I couldn't imagine that I, that she um, should have a baby um, nine months later. I didn't know, he said, and uh, I believe him. And then they was talking, and, and they said, well, you may have a child that's in the United States. And his response was, um, I have another child. And he, he was, he was excited from what Howard said about it. Howard shows a picture of me, pulls it up on Facebook, shows a picture of me to him. And Howard said that he, he just smiled and tears came to his eye because he said that he knew I was his because I looked just like my, my grandmother, his mom. So to make sure that he was truly her dad, he agreed to do a DNA test. So they sent him a MyHeritage and he did it. And then there was that long wait between six to eight weeks, as we all know. And it came back and he was Patty's dad. So, in June is when I got the results back from my heritage that my dad was my dad. So then I reached out to him and I told him, you know, got the results and, you know, that he, you know, everything was correct and he was my dad. After you know, video chatting with my dad the first time. It was just so emotional and so overwhelming that we couldn't even really hardly speak because <laughs> we were just crying and we were smiling and and you know, it was a brief one but it was it was the most awesome it was like just awesome. You see, after that he's like so when are you going to come see me? Like the very first video chat. When are you going to come see me? When are you going to come see me? And every time we video chat, when are you going to come see me? And I was like, you know, I have to get a passport. I've never dreamed of getting a passport because I never thought I would be going anywhere. Um, I said, you know, I have to save up the money and so forth and so forth. So Ole Frederick wanted to meet his daughter. And of course, 
Patty wanted to meet her dad face to face. But tickets to Norway at that time were super expensive. So Patty planned on just saving her money for a couple years and then going to see him. But the unspoken thing about that is this, that Ole was up there in age and everyone thought Patty needed to get to Norway sooner than later, just in case. So Ellie came up with an idea. You know, Halvard was writing this huge article for the local paper about Patty finding her dad. And so Ellie said, why don't we try to raise money through this? And so they put a little bit in the article about, hey, why don't we raise the money to bring Patty home for the first time? And so they did. So everybody in this village started pitching in money, pitching in money. Then Ellie posted it on Facebook and people started pitching in from there. Everybody was just pitching in to try to get Patty and her dad to meet. But then they still were short, like 50% short of what it took. And so they needed someone else to step up to the plate. So Ellie had a relationship with My Heritage, and she got in touch with them. My Heritage um, reached out, and we was talking about... They, they did a, a video chat with me, and she's like, this is an amazing story. And uh, can we talk to you and so forth? And I was like, yeah. And so I, I agreed to do it, and we talked, and... You know, during the video chat, she's like, so, you know, have you been, ever been abroad? I said, I said, no, I've never even been on an airplane. I said, she's like, are you kidding me? You've never been on an airplane and you want to go to Norway? I said, yes. I said, I said, I have dreamed of this for a long time to meet my dad, to see my dad. And I want to make that trip, whether I've been on I said, I'll just have to, I don't know, just be knocked out or something during the, the whole plane trip. I don't know, but I'm going, you know, as soon as I can get the money saved up, I'm going to go to see him. And, you know, she reached out to the executives and this force and everything, and they actually helped me pay for my trip as well. And they agreed to put up the rest of the money and to fund Patty's trip to Norway. And if you've forgotten by now how we started this episode, it was that meeting at the airport with Patty and her dad. And my heritage was there to film it. That's how we have the audio in the film. And they made a little piece about it for their YouTube channel. I'll put a link to that in the notes and you can watch it. Way to go, my heritage, stepping up to the plate and embracing this NPE thing. Finally. You know, after they got all the, got me all set up and everything, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go get your dad, um, and, you know, we're going to do this. So I was like, okay, and I'm like so scared and so excited at the same time, and then from the video, you could see when we first met each other, it's like he walked towards me, um, and we just hugged, and 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 everything and just crying and emotional and my brother was there and he had came and hugged me and we just held each other for about five minutes I guess you could say just wouldn't let go and I had been learning you know trying to learn a little bit of Norwegian before I got there so I told him I love him and Norway and Norwegian and he was just 
crying and he was so and he was smiling and everything. Hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we went to my sister's instead of going to his house. So we went there and she was crying and I was crying and and when we got there she's hugging me and I'm hugging her and everything and I gave her the gift and she starts crying <laughs> of course and then I'm crying and she's crying everybody's crying at this moment <laughs> and but she knew that I was on the way and she had actually cooked for us which believe it or not <laughs> they don't she doesn't eat very much cod <laughs> they eat a lot of chicken <laughs> So she made like, I guess you could say like a traditional kind of like Norwegian kind of food dishes or stuff, but it was like chicken wings. <laughs> I was like, okay, hey, I'm, I'm at home. <laughs> we visited, I guess didn't want to bombard me all at once, you know, and we visited, you know, for a little while. And then we finally went to my dad's house. But with Patty, I would say that this is my most favorite experience because I was with her from the very beginning to the very through the experience when she's in Norway, because I've also been in Norway and watching all these experiences. But there's one story that stands out to me as probably the biggest moment that I enjoyed most being a part of this experience with her. And it's when she told me about sitting down at her sister's house at the dinner table with her father, her brother, her sister, the whole family, the children, all of her sister's children. And she started crying and told me that it was the first time she had sat down at a meal with her family. She did not have a family and she cried. Hearing that experience from her and how monumental that was for her, to me, that was like the most pivotal moment and most special that makes, you know, the work that Ellie and Halbert and myself, that that makes everything worth it is why we do this. It's why I do it. And the joys uh, that come back to me just just to hear moments like that. So. Uh, I think this is my favorite story out of all of the cases that I've worked and all the people that I've helped. Uh, this is my favorite. I actually gave Ellie a gift, the one who helped, you know, get me there and, and helped everything, you know, knowing the right people to talk to and everything. It sounds like you had quite a bit of help in this journey, which was amazing. Yes, I did. It takes a village. <laughs> yeah, I mean, human beings are just amazing sometimes. I'd like to thank Patty for telling her story today. And a special shout out to Cindy, Halbert, and Ellie. Thank you guys so much for doing this for this lady. It was remarkable what you guys did, was able to pull off. From the whole MPE community, thank you. If you want to get in touch with Don, you can do so at donnpe at icloud.com 
or find me on Instagram at NPE underscore life underscore podcast. And don't forget to leave a review, follow this podcast. That way you won't miss the next episode of Missing Pieces. I'd like to thank Billy Sullivan for all the music in today's episode. If you want to check out Billy's library, if you need music for anything, sullystone.com. Check it out, sullystone.com. Thank you guys and see you on the next episode of Missing Pieces.